is episode four of the Grit podcast. We're a bunch of mouth breathers today, and Uh-oh. we are sweating in a tiny room right now. Again, I am Terry Boyd with my co-hostess, hostesses, hostesses, Benjamin, and Jesua. Chuck Wagon Benny. <laughs> and Modest Joshu. <laughs> and Fat Terry. <laughs> Last podcast, we were going to be discussing um, religion. Weird. Again. <laughs> this is a religious podcast. Yes. No way. Well. But uh, Josh didn't write any notes. I'm really sorry. So there is three men over 300 pounds in a small room that has AC, and I am sweating my ass off. <laughs> It is pretty humid. In I don't here. get. Yeah, it's like the windows are wet and beady. And then you got a <laughs> little hundred-pound girl here, Maria, and her husband Nick. We're all in like a little room, all crammed in an eight yeah. by ten. It's a yeah. closet. It's a <laughs> well, come on out, Terry. Well, I bet the humidity reminds Josh of when he used to live in a condominium penthouse in Hialeah Heights, Florida. Well, you know. We you are. know, I'm sure he had AC, too, so, I mean, he probably wasn't sweating that You bad. had AC up north, too, there, Terry. Or a swamp cooler. Yeah. <laughs> a swamp cooler. Well, it was pretty swampy. <laughs> Below uh, the belt. Uh, <laughs> it's like when you used to play football and you had to hurry and take a shit before calisthenics. And you didn't quite get a good wife in. The it's whole rest uh, of the practice, it felt like you were sitting on a saw blade. It's called mud butt, and it happens. Mud butt, uh, swamp ass, yeah. <laughs> potato, potato. So we are going to be doing a uh, special uh, this week. Like I said previously, we were going to be discussing uh, religion and uh, how it was forced upon uh, the indigenous people, populations of the world. Uh, but we have decided to discuss things uh, or the current events that are going on right now uh, in America. But before we start all that, uh, we will be introducing Maria, and she will be doing a quick little interview here. So the uh, people who um, interact, and it hasn't been too many quite yet, but the people who interact with uh, the Grit Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Ben, you have one job, and that's to hold that thing and talk. You keep... Pulling it back with your fat head, <laughs> you keep you keep just dragging it back. Well, I I'm don't sorry. drag my heart along. But if you have any questions for us or comments or you know any interactions on our social media pages, you will be talking, not with Ben, not with Chuck Wagon Benny, or uh, Fat Terry or myself, Josh. Oh yeah, it's just Josh. <laughs> uh, fattest Josh. <laughs> You're actually gonna be talking to Maria. So, without further ado, uh, everybody, please give a grit tea welcome. Oh, my God. (laughs) Please tell me we're not going to, like, be cheesy like that. Well, no, 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 no. Uh, But honestly, uh, this is Maria. Maria. warm, gritty welcome on this special. (laughs) (laughs) Pew, 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 pew. (laughs) Triple air horn. (laughs) Cue the studio audience uh, applause. Clap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll insert a clap track. Hi, Maria. Hi. Hey, Hi. what's up? 
Are those uh, headphones Surround hot and sweaty? Yeah. yeah, very actually. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Balmy. So um, Maria is a uh, pretty one-of-a-kind person. Um, she has a really amazing story um, leading up to this point. Um, but she's also my niece, and um, I couldn't be more proud of her, and I couldn't think of a better person to operate the social media uh, side of things for us. So um, hi, Maria. Hey. So what's going on? Not much. Okay. Just sitting in a sweaty room. All right. Good night, everybody. That was Maria. <laughs> yeah, that was no. an easy interview. <laughs> no. Uh, so Maria, why don't you uh, tell the? I think I. I think I looked Studio at the. Audience. Oh my god. <laughs> I think I, I checked out the analytics, and we are up to about. Uh, well, we've interacted with almost 600 people altogether. So I'm hoping that um, the 600 people will continue to come back and maybe get to know you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, should we just start from the beginning, background and everything, or yes, current please. history? Well, I mean, you know, you you divulge as much as you want because I think uh, the, the one thing I want um, people to know is who they're interacting with, and that you're just not some, um, you know, over well, you're not some overprivileged princess that doesn't understand what it's like to not uh, suffer and not need things. So, okay, cool. So, um, hello, I'm Maria. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess I'll just start from the beginning then with that context in mind. Um, yep, start from the bottom. <laughs> and now you're here. So I was born in 1997. No. Um, so well. I guess, I guess I just don't know how to begin this, but, um, yeah. So I haven't been a Christian for that long. It's actually only been for about five years now. I wasn't a Christian because... I mean, I just wasn't exposed to it very often, but I also came from a pretty um, tough background. My father was an alcoholic, and he was abusive to all of the women that he dated and the wife, the one wife that he married, and then eventually to my sister and I. We were removed and placed into the foster care system when I was in high school, and then we were pretty fortunate to have some wonderful family friends who kind of stepped in, so... Luckily, I didn't have to go through the foster care system and go through any of that. But, um, yeah, I was placed in the foster care system, and I had a really hard time because my senior year of high school, my best friend died just randomly one day. <laughs> um, uh, completely something that none of us had seen coming, and so I struggled a lot with that. Um, I, went to high or I went to college after graduating high school, and did a semester up in Missoula, I got pretty depressed, came home, um, still couldn't seem to get out of this depressive state, and this was when I lived with my Uncle Josh, and I was definitely in a place where I really just wanted to prove people wrong about Christianity. And yeah, so, sorry to interrupt you there, yeah, Maria, it's yeah. just Josh. <laughs> Uncle Josh. Yeah, okay. well, <laughs> thank you, Maria. Josh for you. Apparently, it's just Josh <laughs> to us. Joshua, Uncle Josh. Yeah. Whatever. Breezy. <laughs> Juggalo uh, for life. <laughs> oh my God, no, don't you ever say that again. I'm not a jungle tip. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. so um, I had a lot of questions, and um, like I said, more or less, I just wanted to debate the subject, and I wanted to prove people out of their faith because I thought it was ridiculous and storytelling. And so um, Josh sat down with me and uh, was willing to answer all of my questions and wasn't offended by them either, even though I was 
trying to be offensive. And we sat and we watched a series on Netflix called The Bible. And it took us a really long time because we would stop it continuously throughout the episodes and talk for forever about it and get all my questions answered. And so then um, The Bible, if you haven't seen it, is just a series that goes through the Bible and very, very quickly, I would say. So very specific stories, too, not the entirety of it, but toward the end, of course, is when Jesus is crucified, and watching that was pretty rough for me, and that would be, I say, for me, my turning point, definitely. And so since then, I've just been growing gotcha. in my Th- faith. That's, can I ask a question, just Josh? Yes. Just okay, Josh. So, um, so you said that you came back from Missoula, and mm-hmm. you then had decided you, you were, you know, you wanted to... Uh, question Christianity, so to speak, or maybe even I, w- was there a motive like to to prove its um, inconsistencies or inaccuracies, uh, and uh, I mean, or at least what what it was that that you wanted to do there, and and why why the motivation why the motivation was there, like what like what, at that time, yeah, what what transpired that that. Uh, that lit a fire in you to say, you know, like, I'm going to question everything. Sure. I feel like I've been questioning it for a long time. My family grew up, or I guess preached, very, like, Christer mentality. So they went to church on Christmas and Easter. Easter, yeah. And that was the only time it was ever talked about, right? Yeah, (laughs) so um, I feel like from a very young age, I thought it was ridiculous, and I had a lot of questions, and I wanted to fight it. But specifically what sparked the conversation with Josh and what brought it up to me wanting to debate him specifically was he noticed that I was struggling and wanted to introduce Christ to me to help me. Sure. And the thought of this like storytelling fake thing helping me through something that I felt was very real and difficult. Yeah. At the time, I had so many other difficult things that happened. I just felt like it wasn't fair. So thinking that this storytelling thing would help me out of it and this man in the sky just made me angry. So sure. he actually approached me first, and gotcha. then that's what made me want to just prove him wrong. Yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, you know, like uh, uh, based on just what you, uh, based on just what you've shared right now, it would be really tough. I mean, for for me to have experienced the same things and approach somebody. And uh, their response is, oh, well, cast all of your cares mm. on him because he cares for you. Right. You know, uh, so I, I was just curious, you know, if there was uh, an experience before that that led you to that point uh, to question everything or to be uh, somewhat cynical about it to say, yeah, right. I mean, these are, these are you know, fairy tales. Um, uh, we don't live in in Storybrook land here. Mm-hmm. We, you know, like this is real life, and I've had some real life shit happen to me. Yeah. Um. So like these cliches, these Christian cliches, just aren't going to work. So I'd wondered if you'd experienced that at all, or if you'd encountered that at all, or um, or if it was just one of those things where your experience with with church in general was was kind of limited just because it was like a Christmas and Easter yeah. uh, kind of. Um, experience, you know, yeah. and, and of course, Christmas and Easter for for churches is like that's like money time, like mm-hmm. that is like their time to shine. So you do they do put their best foot forward. Um, you do see the best that they have to offer, both in worship and in preaching and and everything else. So like that's that's the experience that you have. And and I was just curious, you know, yeah. So. 
Yeah, I never had like a bad experience with a church gotcha. in particular. Well, and, and two, um, one of the things you and I talked about um, leading up to that was to reintroduce. Uh, first, it was called I call it you know it's, it is called a paradigm shift mm-hmm. because yeah. you're re- you're introduced to a God and a Christ uh, that the church is promoting you, mm-hmm. i.e., man in the sky, um, fairy tales, things like that. Um, but then there's the there's the actual um, relationship aspect of that, um, which removes the man from the sky and makes him more personable. Yeah. And I think a lot of what you um, a lot of what made you cynical and what put you into that position um, specifically uh, was rooted in an idea of God that was that's been promoted. It's been promoted for a long time. Yeah. And that 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 uh, image of or how that God is, is introduced to you is essentially how it affected you to right. be cynical and an atheist. Mm-hmm. The, actually, I remember specifically the exact conversation we had about it that brought it all up. So you said that you wanted to reintroduce God in a more personal way for me because it hadn't been. So I remember when my friend's name was Brenna, when she died, I talked to her often. And I would take drives and I would be frustrated and I would speak to her like what most people do for prayer i would just talk to her about my problems and ask like why these things are happening hope that she was there like helping me or knew something that i didn't know because she had moved on and i remember telling you that and you were like that's how people pray and you were like why don't you pray and then i then i got cynical and angry and so i think i was kind of already trying to find that personal relationship. Like I connected with Brenna in the ways that most people do. So you showing me that paradigm shift and explaining it that way and like guiding me through and walking me through it definitely just opened up more clarity for the situation. Absolutely. And when, and when you have that, um, when you have that connection um, with Christ, the way it's intended to, to happen, you know, and like Ben had spoken about this a couple episodes, but, you know, the two commandments of Christ, which is to love God and love others. When you strip it all down to its bare, you know, the bare commandments, it, it you realize it becomes a much more personable relationship with Christ mm-hmm. versus that man in the sky that you're, that's omnipotent and omniscient and you must grovel and submit all of yeah. your human emotions to or else yeah, you're sinning. Un- unreachable, you mm-hmm. know, like impossible, right. impossible to, to, uh, to bend his ear, you know, unless, of course, you say, you know, this uh, extremely eloquent prayer. Uh, right. And I think the idea of prayer, you know, uh, Maria, you mentioned uh, a paradigm shift, like uh, when you're talking to Brenna, and, um, you know, but it, uh, prayer essentially is the same is the same way, or at least it should be. Um, that, that concept is foreign to a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, even people that go to church on a regular basis that don't go to church, you know, just on Christmas and Easter, it, it's, it's foreign to a lot of people because, you know, they're engrafted with this idea of prayer that, you know, like you're, you're, uh, you, you have to go into a prayer closet or you have to, um, you know, do, uh, so many things right or say things the right way in order for Christ to hear you. And that's not the case at all. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Terry's whispering behind me. He says, <laughs> Catholicism. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's what it sounded like to me. You, you probably couldn't hear it. So, uh, Maria, an, another question for you. Um, when people, when we do start getting um, more interactions and people start to reach out, 
um, you know, I, what would you want to um, explain to them uh, to make them comfortable yeah. with you? Um, you know, you know, anonymity, uh, you know, your not so much expertise, but, you know, what, what message would you want to give them before they write you um, to make them comfortable or make them okay uh, with the fact that they can interact with uh, us here at GRIT? Yeah. Um, for somebody who might be a non-believer or might be on the fence, I'd like to say that they can approach me in the same way that I approached you. Like, if you have questions and if you're angry and if you want to kind of disprove it, like have a conversation where you think that that's the way it's going to go, we're not going to respond to you in a way that's going to push you aside or make you feel like the reason you're feeling these things is unacceptable. Um, I would like to say that like anything that you have to say to us, any questions you might have for us is, is gladly taken and we would love to talk about it. And for me specifically, I mean, I I was there not that long ago. So I definitely have an understanding of what it's like to feel like you, can, you don't belong and to feel like you don't understand any of it. And I'm still learning and growing even in my faith now. So I'm not going to look at you and turn my nose up at you. I don't think that there's a specific way to be the proper Christian. We're all sinners and we all fall short. And I firmly believe that. So um, yeah, I just want anybody to feel comfortable approaching me in any way, wherever they're at in their lives, however that might be. Um, yeah, I think that's just the most important thing. For me, I felt like I just didn't have enough people who were open and knowledgeable at the same time. So I would just like to say we've got both. We're all open, we're, and we've got a couple people who know exactly what's talking about. So yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and, I, and also to piggyback on that, uh, people who are listening to our podcast who believe uh, a certain way about God, uh, you are perfectly comfortable with that institutional style of religion. Uh, I, I'm just going to tell you right now, I, I don't care what you think our interpretation means um, to you. Um, you're already happy in your faith. Uh, you like being, you know, that pew warmer or that, you know, Joel Olstein, Kenneth Copeland uh, donator. It, that's fine. Um, I don't care that you think I'm sinning. I've heard that a couple times or that um, we're some sort of uh, uh, false uh, false teacher here. We're not trying to teach. We're trying to reintroduce Christ to people mm -hmm. who who um, have been ruined by your church and your method and your religion. Um, so uh, when you do approach Maria um, or myself or Ben, who, you know, whoever hops on there, Maria is going to be managing it. But um, if, and if you are an unbeliever, atheist, agnostic, or you have questions or you want to reach out, please absolutely do. And don't be afraid to. You can also message uh, her as well. Yeah. Well, and, and then there, and then there, <laughs> and Terry will just make fun of you. So let's uh, <laughs> be honest. Some somebody somebody before this whole thing started grabbed my back fat. Terry. Yeah, right. I think I think it was just Josh, but uh, that's okay. Yeah, I like uh, Maria. I like I like what you have to say there. Um, honestly, uh, when it comes to questions or, or wanting to prove something wrong, you're you're definitely valid. You know, for whatever whatever background you're coming from and whatever experience you had, you're, you're definitely valid in seeing things from your perspective. Mm -hmm. And and our our goal is is not to get in an argument or a debate yeah. with someone about what they currently believe uh or or whether it's right or wrong uh, the, um 
my my aim my goal is isn't to judge anyone mm-hmm. for for where they're at and and really just just love i mean like i i i want to belong and i want others to belong too and so like what you're saying there is uh i mean it, it's fantastic for me to hear as well um but of course i'm not going to you know message in and, <laughs> and, and argue with, with with myself but um or, or, you know, with Josh or Terry, because I'll just argue with them off mic. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I like the fact that it's, you know, that you're just as open as we are and, and really just wanting to, to move forward together, like in, uh, in, in love and towards the same purpose. Um, but, but certainly not judgment or ridicule or shame. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important that people understand that this podcast was meant to be um, a, a way of correcting somebody's ideas or the the place that they're in right now. So if they're agnostic or atheist or, or questioning things, we're not meaning to go out there and debate them and prove them wrong. We're just here to answer any questions that you might have and kind of help you along their own way. So um, yeah, I just think that's the most important distinction between what we're doing and what some people in some places do we're just here to help you so if you're already here and you're interested you can reach out to us but we're not looking out to make you feel bad or ridicule you or make you put you down or anything like that yeah i have a theory and that's if you um were introduced to the god or christ that we know as uh, he was intended to be known um, i don't think you'd have near as many atheists you'd have a lot more Mm -hmm. agnostics um, and you wouldn't have the the problems that you see in today's world. Terry's agnostic. Terry's not agnostic. He's a Christian. He well, yeah, that. but he said he's agnostic. This was like a couple episodes ago. Obnoxious? <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> well, Maria, thank you very much for yeah. uh, talking. And again, uh, you know, chances are you'll be speaking to her. Um, and, um, you know, don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to... Uh, share your thoughts or, or um, ideas with us, something you want us to talk about uh, through the lens of a Christ follower um, that you um, see in us. So thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Maria. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Maria. <laughs> very- Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest with us today. Uh, his name is Samuel. Is Samuel your full name? Yes, it is. Yeah, so we have Samuel with us, who happens to be just Josh's son. So I have a couple of questions for you. Um, uh, your dad wanted me to ask you about school, but, I mean, school's out for the summer, Alice Cooper. So what I really want to know is what your strategy is in Fortnite. I mean, I don't, well, <laughs> I don't know. Like I just do, do you, are you with the sniper class or do you like the assault rifles or the the handguns? What do you like to do? I mean, this is kind of uncomfortable, but <laughs> I'm good with I'm good with submachine guns. Nice. Submachine guns. It's uncomfortable because you don't want to share your secrets with the world. Yeah. I, th- I think it's weird talking yeah. about a podcast about Fortnite. Well, no, man. Really? There, there's there's uh, money to be made. Streamers and Twitchers and uh, I mean, tubers I, yeah. or whatever they call themselves. Yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of people that like live stream that just them playing video games. Like, I'm sure you've seen them before. Yes. Stone Mountain 64 is one of my favorite uh, Warzone uh, streamers. Never heard of him. Average Dad isn't too bad. Uh, thinned 
I don't know if you guys have seen Thinned as well, um, but uh, but he's a really good streamer too. My point is, you shouldn't feel, you should never feel uncomfortable about talking about Fortnite or video games at all. Yeah, video, video games can be a can be a healthy healthy coping coping mechanism or just a good time with friends. You do have a point. <laughs> he does. He does have a point. Say something, Sammy. <laughs> okay, I'm saying stuff. So what do you want to talk about? I don't know. Oh, well, I don't <clears throat> want to make you feel uncomfortable. You said that uh, you feel a little awkward talking about Fortnite. So, well, How about uh, who's your favorite uh, superhero? Um, I'd say Spider-Man. Spider-Man? <laughs> Spider-Man. Did you say Speeder-Man? It's uh, Spider-Kid, I think. Oh, Speeder-Kid. Yeah. Okay, Spider-Boy. Okay. Hey, you ever seen that meme on Facebook where it's like Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man and they're pointing at each, at each other? You've yeah, seen that the before? doppelgangers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite. You can use that for pretty much anything. Yeah. You know, like it's uh, where they have the three the three Spider-Man doppelgangers and it's like, is it coronavirus? Is it the flu? Or is it allergies? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. Could be all three. You know what I'm talking about, so right, it, Sam? If you could have a... If you could have a su- superhero power, Sam, what would Ooh, be that's your a power? Question. Um, I would pick super intelligence. Ooh, the brain. Mega mind. Mega mind. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's pretty sweet, man. Yeah. Super intelligence. I'm okay with that. Now I, I feel like I already have that. Yeah. Sure, buddy. Whatever you need to tell yourself. Burn. Oh my. Wait, who invited who invited this kid? Who invited this kid to the podcast? I you can't guys. remember. You guys. I'm an Might idiot. Yeah. Cle- clearly I'm not a super genius guy. Oh, I I had no idea. <laughs> oh. Well, I'd say your superpower is sarcasm. <laughs> Are you sure about that? <laughs> no. <laughs> if Ben could have a superpower, what would it be? Yeah, what what power would you bestow, bestow upon, <laughs> upon me? The power of stupidness. No, what? No, I'm He's not like there a already. <laughs> He's there already. I'd say you yeah. could, yeah. The power of fatness. <laughs> <laughs> Too yeah, late. He, yeah, he can be your arch nemesis. <laughs> Nemeses. Nemesis. <laughs> Nemesis. So, okay, so what about a secondary power? So you got the super intelligence. Okay, w- let's not even go secondary power because you got the super intelligence. Let's go sidekick. Like, if you had a sidekick, what would you want their power to be? A monkey's better than you, so. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this kid's got jokes, just yeah. Josh. Oh my. I choose someone with super strength. Okay, yeah, so that's... me. So me. I mean, it's okay. Well, no, yeah, no, no, no. That's the uh, exact. Oh, he didn't opposite. ask for the incredible bulk. <laughs> <laughs> the incredible sulk. <laughs> wow. I totally didn't expect this. So this is supposed to be a podcast, not a roast. Not session. a bed roast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you heard of a pot roast. This is a bed roast. <laughs> ben roast. Well, God, God gave me a sense of humor. Well, yeah. yeah there you <laughs> Superpower. <laughs> That's cool, man. So uh, what are your plans for the rest of the summer? To have fun. Okay. Uh, yeah. Is there anything in particular that you're doing to have fun? 
I can't think of anything. Play outside. Um, you going to go to the pool at all? I don't know. If the pool's open. You guys going to the lake? Uh, yeah, probably. Wait. So where where is, I mean, do you guys have like a lake house? Uh, yeah, kind of. You know, what? I've heard about this. Mythical. It's a sure mythical place. I think you can only access it with superpowers. It's yeah. just it's just a house with uh like four like three four wheeler kind of things. I, I've seen it once. Okay. Yeah, uh, I saw and, it on Facebook. And and let me tell you, you you are blessed. Yeah. Hashtag. Blessed. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. <laughs> well, thanks for being here, Sammy. Thank we you. really enjoy you being here. With your uh, giving us your wonderful insight on uh, superpowers and uh, Ben's uh, yeah, super my, villainous powers, lack of lack of powers. I'm glad I got to roast you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, bet, I'll bet you are. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then. Bye, bye. Man, that kid makes me proud. Almost like he was coached. I did not coach him to roast yeah. you, Ben. Right, man. Here's a <laughs> list of things to make fun of Ben. So, so here's what happened before that that whole thing went down. I have to go get a beer from the fridge. And it's in the garage, which is fine. But I have to walk around a vehicle in order to get to it. But there's, like, you know, a lot of stuff. So it's like a huge obstacle course. I get two beers. And I bring them in, and I only bring in, you know, I'm bringing in one for Josh, and I'm bringing in one for myself. So then when I bring these two beers in, Terry's waiting at the top of the stairs with two fingers out in a come-here motion, like, hey, give that beer here. <laughs> and so so then I'm like, well, shit, now I have to go out and get another one. I did in tell the you. Time, in the time that it took me to get those two rounds of beers, Josh coached his son to roast me. For the last five minutes. I would never, Ben. That's not. <laughs> You're welcome for the beer. I... <laughs> it could be colder, but yeah, you know, I'm not, eh, not going to complain that much. Yeah, it could be colder. Unfortunately, I didn't get it in the fridge right away. I did hand it to someone to put it in the fridge, but that didn't happen. Uh, it wasn't me. I didn't. You just it. handed it to me. And then uh, Josh said he'd take care of it, and he never did. I What? Hours ago. <laughs> okay. Well. So, back special. Spe <laughs> You're so meat special. And special. Oh my god. Uh, so, let's get back on track here because this is important. Oh, okay. Sorry. For serious now. <sighs> Edit. Wells, um, probably. You know, I I, I, I <laughs> special. I brought salmon to soften the salmon. blow uh to uh what we're going to talk about today. Um, I think it's very important that we discuss this from a, uh, a perspective or our perspective, um, how the church, um, quote unquote, the church should react to a situation like we've seen in uh, Minneapolis and uh, all across the United States now, apparently. Ben, what do you think? That's a loaded question, Josh, um, but I'll, I'll field it as best as I can. So Monday, the 25th, obviously. Uh, anyone that's listening knows, you know, unless you're under a rock or you don't pay attention to social media or, or, uh, mainstream media or, uh, even just like get out in the general public on Monday, May 25th, George Floyd was arrested, uh, by officers in Minneapolis and, uh, how he was detained when he was arrested is, 
Well, to say it's, it was questionable is an understatement. Uh, he was arrested for alleged forgery, uh, but that's not the important piece to mention. He was not given due process uh, to answer for his alleged crimes, and instead he was detained by police officers in a less than ethical and moral standard uh, with one particular officer kneeling on his neck. And as a result of him kneeling on his neck, despite George Floyd's numerous pleas uh, to get up because he couldn't breathe, his numerous pleas out to his, his mother, uh, because this officer had his knee on his neck and no other officer or other individual within uh, the scene intervened, uh, he succumbed to those wounds and passed away as a result. So that was a recap. What I think about it, it's absolutely tragic. It's, I mean, there's, there's no other way for me to describe it. Um, it. It puts good law enforcement in a bad light because law enforcement in general, they are there to protect and serve. And the law enforcement that I know, that I interact with on a regular basis, they, they do that. They protect, they serve, uh, they, they want to ensure safety, uh, but they also want to uh, interact with the public in, in a light that is not excessive, that's not uh, a use of excessive force or to, um, to be a straight dickhead or asshole. Um, they want to come off as individuals that want to protect and serve. This, this incident doesn't show that at all. Uh, and, and what it does is it brings to question anybody that's seen this video, well, is this how, is this how any stop is handled? Is this how, is this how things happen? Is this what law enforcement does? Uh, you take one one particular incident and you make a generalization about it because that's the incident that you see. We're talking about law enforcement, but there's also an underlying tone that needs to be brought up too, and and of course that's that's racism. Racism uh, exists. Systemic racism exists. Institutional racism exists. Uh, racism exists, and uh, we, um, you know. We can argue about how that looks or, you know, how it manifests. But on Monday, May 25th, you know, what we saw was the result of uh, one cop's uh, racism. But it's something that plagues uh, everything. And not just, you know, racism directed towards one or two, uh, but racism uh, that we see across the board uh, that divides us. Um, and for me, uh, when I saw that... It, you know, it was immediate, um, a demand for justice, but not just for George Floyd, but for any any person of color, any anybody, uh, any minority who has uh, experienced this level of racism. Uh, and you know, and, and and I will say that racism, and uh, there's racism in all areas of life, right? But when we see racism at that level uh, with people who are supposed to protect and serve. There, there's no excuse for it. And what happened was tragic. It was also illegal. And it led to, not only did it violate George Floyd's rights, um, constitutional rights, but it also 
violated um, the rights that were endowed by his creator. Uh, but I, I'm going to take it one step further, guys, and um, I'm going to question uh, something else uh, that I've, I've recognized, because I've been pretty vocal on social media, my personal social media, where I've talked about uh, the riots and how I, I, there's there's no excuse for destruction of personal property regardless. Uh, a lot of these businesses that were burned to the ground were minority-owned. And you can say that uh, that's why they have insurance, but you obviously are too stupid to understand what ins what that process looks like. And, um, you know, we, we have to be better. We're, pit we're pitting ourselves against one another to fight some sort of injustice. But I'm also going to take it one step further and say, I'm looking at the local churches, the local communities uh, in these cities that have um, uh, reacted with anger, and rightfully so, uh, re reacted in anger. But the church, when Christ came, he came as a healer. He came as a redeemer. He came as um, somebody eternally that we can lean on. And we, as followers of Christ um, and those who are in the religion, uh, they're supposed to make it their duty to uh, continue that message. And um, I guess my question would be, what are they doing um, in this situation? I'm sure the good churches are out there on the move. But I, again... I hear thoughts and prayers. Uh, I looked at uh, Kenneth Copeland and Joel Olstein's, you know, their their social media, and it's thoughts and prayers, and oh, it's tragic, and we need to lean on God. But doesn't leaning on God mean that they should be doing something right now? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. 100%. Jinx, you owe me a beer. <laughs> you, you, you know, like, again, it goes back to that whole idea of uh, Christ did so much with so little, and they're doing so little with so much. I, I, I just, I want to know, because... Here we have a, a perfectly a, a Christian man, A, uh, from what I've read about Mr. Floyd. He was a good Christian man. He was a peaceful man. He was everything that this white America uh, that um, is so afraid to be called racist, but yet in their attempt to be non-racist, they are racist. You know, it's Yeah, because they still try and find a way to prove him guilty. They still find it like, like what I see is, well, well what did he do? What's does, it, does it fucking matter? Yeah, it doesn't. He's in cuffs. He's laying on the ground and he's begging for his life because he's, he's, he's crying for breathe. his mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I and I see that guys. And I mean, I I, I bounce with it. I fucking cried. And I that's the first time that's ever happened to me. I you know the shit that we have all seen in our fields before we are where we are today. Um, you know, reviving somebody who tried to commit suicide or walking into a meth house where somebody's ODing. You know, all of us have had to experience that, so we're numb to those situations. So the fact that I watched a grown six foot six Christian good man slowly die crying for his mother, you, know, you see this. He, this man embodied everything that white America demands of a black man in America, and yet churches are doing nothing except giving thoughts and prayers. Uh, you know, the 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 far right is looking for any reason to justify this cop's homicide. And uh, the moment that we all united uh, was, you know, it lasted a day before the the the, the far left and the looters and the and and the um, you know, and I don't mean to make this political and I'm not trying to, but the looters and the and the rioters come in and they right away put that divide back in there. But to me, I see the local church, the local communities, the big churches who represent all of America and all the world. They have yep. $80 million planes. Where the hell are you? Thoughts and prayers. Dude, this is exactly where you need to be. This is the moment that we can that we can show Christ healing. 
in these communities by standing next to, I mean, look at Dr. Martin Luther King, man. I mean, look at, look at uh, all these, you know, and I could go on about all the different uh, religious leaders in, in the black community who have stood up for civil rights and, and they were on the streets, right? Where the hell are you, Joel? Where are you, Kenneth? You know, where are you, Joyce Myers? You're, you're in your ivory towers right now. This is the moment where you're going to be, you should be shelling out hundreds of millions of dollars to that community, helping well, them heal. Shelling out thought, millions and millions of thoughts and prayers, bud. So, like, you haven't been listening to our podcast uh, the last, you know, the last three episodes because you would know Kenneth Copeland has a direct line to God. I hope that you understand my sarcasm in this whole process because it's the only way that I can be right now without getting angry at that whole situation. I haven't I haven't heard Creflo Dollar speak up. Uh, you know, have you? No. Yeah, I, I haven't. And I, mean, I could I could research it just to make sure. When I say research, I mean you know spend about five minutes on the internet to find it, which isn't really research. But we won't get into that on this one. Kenneth Copeland, though, on the other hand, thoughts and prayers, bullshit. Don't give me your thoughts and prayers. You're better off doing nothing at all, saying nothing at all, than saying thoughts and prayers because it's an insult to his family. It's an insult to the black community. It's an insult to the. It's an insult to America. Like you, you are supposed to be the exemplary target of love. Like when we look at you, Kenneth Copeland, we're we are supposed to be looking at someone that is in God's very likeness and close to God. So therefore should be like God. And I think that's what you think of yourself, Mr. Copeland. But the bottom line is that we don't see the love. No, we get thoughts and prayers. And, you know, but of course those thoughts and prayers are unadulterated by demons in a tube because you have your own private plane. Right. And $80 million to boot to fund a plane like that with the $400,000 it, it, it requires to upkeep and land at different uh, international airports. Um, meanwhile, and again, this doesn't go towards the support of looters and rioters. I'm talking about the actual protesters who are out there trying to make a difference here. Uh, you should be out there with them. You should be out there supporting them. You should be out there using your, your, your ivory tower money, your fat cat money, and actually trying to do something to help them. He gave the disciples two commandments, thereby giving the church two commandments. Yep, exactly. And love God and love your neighbor. And there was no love shown on May 25th. No. and there has- mean, It was interesting to see social media come together. Like you said, you know, it didn't matter what walk of life that you were, you were in. Uh, anybody that had seen that video can agree. 100% it was tragic. You can't, you can't, you know, well, you see, well, it depends. I need context. What happened before that? No, there was no questioning whatsoever. This man lay there for minutes, minutes, not resisting arrest, not, not spitting in an officer's face. He was cuffed. He was laying on the ground on his stomach begging for his life. There's no, there's no other way around it. You see that, and, and if, you can, if you do not feel anything for this man and his family, then I, I don't want to talk to you. I see that video, and I, I'm with Josh. Like I see that, a grown man begging for his life, not resisting arrest, and it's, it's tragic. 
like it it haunts my thoughts like i can't i can't get over it because it's like man what all i think is what's going through this man's mind you know like he's begging for his mom when you say that man i just see that video playing in my head and you know and and here's the other thing too and this is something that i know terry and ben would never think they'd hear me say but i'm thinking about this as a white dude like i you know i i it, it all came, I mean, I, you know, my understanding of systemic racism um, was limited and, uh, you know, and I, I don't want to make it political. Uh, but when I saw that, I, I honestly have to say, I, I saw Did that. Did it make co- you feel ashamed? Kind of. Yeah, that's where I was at. Like, and I've never felt that before. And I, I look at that white cop and I just thought to myself. I couldn't believe it. Th- this has everything to do with, with uh, Mr. Floyd's race because he's a six foot six somewhat in shape black guy and even the video the store video before that shows the moments leading up to that he wasn't resisting no he looked sick he looked like man i just got you know yeah and i don't know but speaking from a a white person's perspective it's you know i can sit here and say i'm i'm sorry uh, and i'm not going to apologize for something i didn't do but i'm also going to say i i can acknowledge where um my my reasoning, my thoughts about it um, have changed after I saw that video uh, that I'm not prescribing that across all police killings. I'm, pres- I'm, I'm moving forward with this, but as somebody of white, uh, as somebody who's white, uh, I, you know, my scope is limited and I yeah. guess, I guess I would ask Terry, you know, what, honestly, because <laughs> Terry is a native American that lives in Montana and no, I mean, it's, you know, we've talked about what you've been through before yeah. and, um, you know, we can laugh it off because you do have a thick skin because of your profession and, and what you've done. But I mean, when you see this shit, what do you think? Well, I was just absolutely appalled by it. Um, <clears throat> you know, and, the, and of course my duties with, uh, my current, uh, profession, you know, I, I am a, uh, you know, defensive tactics instructor and, you know, we go through this, uh, this course that's a week long and we're shown how to, um, work with people that are highly aggressive and everything, but they condone and condemn um, moves such as this where you're restricting airway flow, where you're um, cutting off circulation of the brain. That is lethal force. You meet force with force. Um, in this case, you know, Mr. Floyd was in, was on the ground and you had somebody putting pressure on his neck. I mean, my defensive tactics inst- uh, instructor um, teacher would get on your ass about that. If, if you did anything to obstruct this airway or airflow or blood flow that could result in somebody's death, he, he would chew your ass out and say, don't let me see you do that shit again or else you're done here. And what what type of training have these guys done? I mean, the, this officer obviously was using excessive force. You know, it, Mr. Floyd was incapacitated. There was four people piled on top of him, restricting his airway, um, compressing his chest, and you had one officer just standing there. You're all guilty. You're all guilty of his death. You know, don't get around that just one officer kneeling on his neck is the only guilty one here. There were four of them on him and one standing there. 
you're all guilty of this. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I just, you know, when, when I think about that, you know, and I did not take a defensive tactics training, but Ben and I have been uh, uh, certified in restraining uh, people. We have. and Yeah, no, it's true. I, is, I smiled at Josh, you know, I looked back and smiled. But, yeah, we've been trained in, in restraining, uh, uh, completing physical restraints. Right, so, you know, for, for people who are severely psychiatric. And, uh, Ben, I and, and Terry just attested to this, but, Ben, I don't remember – even in Mant, even in uh, uh, what was that SCT or I don't even TCE, remember TCE. What, what was it? C- I don't remember. Uh, dialectical behavioral. Well, that's therapy. DBT, but oh, that. DBT. But this was like uh, EST. I don't remember. Anyway, yeah. some acronym. But rule number one. Rule number one. No pressure on the chest. Yep. No pressure on the neck. neck. And if they yep. say they can't breathe, believe them. And these are people who are psychiatric. This isn't some, you know, you know, because we did restrain six foot five, six foot six, you know, people uh, doing that. But even if, you know, the, the, the rule always used to be in the day, if they're talking, they can breathe. And it's not true. That's just not true uh, anymore. And they found that out. And uh, so rule number one, get off their chest. Rule number one, subsection A, do not touch their throat. And rule number two, if they say they can't breathe, believe them. And these are people who want to kill you or kill somebody else or kill themselves. Or they just, yeah, they just got done trying to kill someone. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, I mean, even at the very base level of restraining, you're, you're taught not to do that. So when I see Chauvin or Derek Chauvin, whatever the hell his name is, and I see those cops standing around, but I'm specifically targeting Derek uh, Chauvin when I say this. Uh, when I saw a neck in that man's throat, I did not think, oh, it's because he's big. Oh, it's because he's resisting. The man wasn't moving. What I honestly, and I'm not usually the guy to say this, but when I saw that, I saw, I thought he's a black dude. He's a big black dude. And, and this Fuck his life. guy is, is whatever. He, either it's a control thing or he's intimidated or it's both. Um, but e- either way, it's no excuse. It's un- it's unacceptable. No, it, it, it plays into the reason why Mr. Floyd was, de- you know, was killed. And then it plays into a, 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 a symptom of a deeper issue here that our brothers and sisters both in christ and in 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 our humanity are are dealing with um and as christians uh, and i even hate to say that word but as followers of christ i just think i go back to exactly you know and it's an overused word overused acronym but seriously what would jesus have done in that situation i mean we can get we can gauge what he would have said to the crime because we know what jesus said to the thief on the right and to mary magdalene and to people who were committed of crime we know what he we know what he would have said there but in those situations as christians and even the fallout afterwards where are you man fuck your thoughts and prayers that 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 goes without saying you're men and women of christ thoughts and prayers you have an 80 million dollar jet get your ass down there help those people help that family dude start using your money to to stand up to injustice yeah, that's disgusting because because I mean that's that's what Christ would have done. He did it with the with the uh, Samaritan, exactly. uh, the, the Samaritan woman at the well. Yep. He broke racial barriers there. Yep, that's what that's what Christ would have done. And I, and I just and I can't look at that situation and think of any other reason than he's a fucking racist. But no, I mean if he gets too close though, the demons. Ugh. That's 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 my point. No, if, yeah. if he gets too close, or if Joel Osteen gets too close, or or you know any of these mega church guys uh, that uh, always talk about love and money, but money's more emphatic. 
Um, but, you know, you get any of these pastors close to the situation and it's, it, well, no, thoughts and prayers. Send them your way. Yeah, thoughts and hope, prayers, not my problem. Hope you catch them. Tots and pairs. <laughs> Tots and pairs. Come <laughs> on. I mean, and then even with the, like these mega churches in the other areas, I mean, you know, there's riots happening all over the United States right now. I mean, I, I've looked at the uh, Kenneth Copeland's Twitter feed, and it's it's basically just uh, talking about some. Uh, Does book he even or, address it? Does he even address it, or is uh, he just talking? Go about to the Bible and find the answer to the prayer, and then pray it. Kenneth Copeland. When, when was that? Two minutes ago. Okay, so what about what about the 25th? Uh, well, so I'm, it was interesting. I was looking know. at the 25th, and there was nothing for the 25th other than the you know, it was Memorial Day. This guy has a divine, well, he says he does, a divine connection to God. Not my God. So, so like, what, what's someone to believe in that? You know, when they see somebody that professes this divine connection to God, you know, but but they have no response whatsoever to an incredibly tragic situation that that God should respond to. Um, and there's no response from from God's instrument of holiness. What what are what are what's the what are the common people? You know, let's mingle with the commoners here. What are the common people supposed to think? A that God doesn't exist, or that hopefully, I mean, because that's number one. You know, like where they might go, but hopefully they would go with B. Kenneth Copeland is period A period fraud. Exclamation point. If you, no, and like you. I'm looking at so I while they're looking at Joel or um. Kenneth Copeland. I'm looking at Joel Osteen. And this is what he says. This is no shit. Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, now, our, now uh, can I preface this, though, before you say it? Sure. Um, this is Joel Osteen. Keep in mind, I mean, the, the hurricane that ripped uh, uh, that ripped through uh, Texas, you know, where the church is at. J.J. Watt did far more uh, with, with uh, less uh, than what Joel Osteen did uh, in his own fucking community. Yeah. So you would think, I mean, as, as a listener who's on the fence or whatever you would think, well, okay, you know, now is the time that the church is going to step in, use their resources and start helping. This is what Joel, this is what Joel says. And tell me if you think this is a pat on the back, our hearts ache for the family of George Lloyd and for so many others throughout our nation who have endured the cruelty of racism. We know injustice in any form breaks the hearts of God, the heart, excuse me, heart of God. And we are praying for peace, love, healing to take place in our country. This injustice hits close to home because George Floyd was a fellow Houstonian. Our own community is troubled and hurting deeply. I am confident that hope will not disappoint and love will not fail. I believe humility, honesty, and hard work, justice will prevail. Through the journey, may, though the journey may be challenging, I am confident that we will get to the promised land where all God's people from every tribe and every tongue will walk together as true brothers and sisters. Okay, that's a statement. Now we're going to do about exactly. it. Exactly. That's my point. You you read statements. You read cute little memes put out by Lakewood Church and, and all this. And it's like, uh, at this moment, you have an opportunity. You have an opportunity. And you are just sending out a statement. You might as well just say thoughts and prayers, brother. <laughs> That's all I heard. There was no pledge. There was no, you know, like, there's no action. It's only words. Yeah. Words mean dick. We, like, it means absolutely nothing if you say... 
oh, you know, it's it's tragic. It's so sad. I, I, you know, but here you are sitting on millions of dollars. You could fly there overnight and 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 grieve with a grieving family. You could fly there overnight with your fellow Houstonian and say, you know, like, I understand, you know, like the color of my skin may may, may not be welcome right now. And, and that's okay. I understand why. Because, you know, honestly, if you're going to uh, look at the situation that a white white officer had done and, and that, that, uh, that anger that you have right now is projected on me, it's okay. I'm only here to love you. You let me know what you want me to do. You want me to get out of here? I'm gone. But what I'm offering right now is love, peace. I'm gonna give you. I'm, I'm gonna make sure funeral costs are taken care of. Uh, what What's the lawyer's retainer fee? Okay, let me go ahead and take care of that. Can I Can I take care of that for you? I, I want to do everything that I possibly can because this injustice needs to be brought to light and it needs to be rectified. Yeah, but instead he's a fellow Houstonian, so we are all hurting. It's like, bitch, we already know we're all hurting. I mean, even people. I mean, it's the first time I've ever seen. The day after, right after George Floyd died, it was the first time I had ever seen Anderson Cooper and uh, Ben Shapiro say the exact same thing. It was a, it was a moment where they were completely unified, and here's a moment where you could step off your ivory tower and actually give money, like you said, funeral costs, set up a, a college fund uh, for those kids in that community, um, you know, help rebuild businesses, help uh, help fight injustice, uh, get some lawyers. Pay for those lawyers who who they're saying they're doing it pro bono, but when the lawsuits and, and the dust settles, they're going to have forty percent of whatever that the Floyd family gets. You know, make sure that you step in and fill the gap and just say, you know what, I don't. It's not for me. It's from God. God loves you, and we're going to fight this injustice together. But instead, you get some stupid post where you talk about how we're all hurt because he was a fellow Houstonian. Bullshit. Do something about it. And you might be saying to yourself, well, what are you guys doing over there? Look, if I had one thirty-second of what uh, Joel Olstein had, you bet your ass I'd be calling that family saying, what does the funeral cost? What yeah. can I do to help? I'm outraged. Do you want me to come down there and stand arm in arm with you? Absolutely. Should we start a college fund? Yes. I don't have the resources they have because I haven't manipulated and convinced an entire population of quote-unquote believers to, to some sort of prosperity gospel just so that they can line up in lines in my church and, and funnel get, into their pocketbook. Exactly. Yeah. And become their form of a cookie cutter Christian. I, I, I'm not doing that. Okay. So if, if, if these churches, these mega churches really want to incite some change, if they really want to do something great, open your pocketbooks. Because right now what, what these communities are going to need is not thoughts and prayers. That's that, that we're, we're in constant prayer. That's one of you know, that's a commandment, right? We're supposed to stay in constant prayer because we love God. So yeah, we that's gotta, what they have their private jets for. Exactly. Because I mean, they don't want to be influenced praying. by demons and tubes. Yeah. So what they need right now is money. What they need is capital. What they need is resources that you can provide. What they need is action. What they need is action. Not words, man. Yep. You know what I mean? And and action, I mean, action may require money. It most likely will. Um, but action, not, oh, we mourn with you. You know, that's great. You know, and I'll say that. I don't, because I don't have the resources. I don't have the resources that Joel Osteen does. I wish I did. That would be fantastic. I don't. He does. And instead of saying, we grieve with you, show it. Put your money where your mouth is. No, completely agree. And what you think, Terry? Oh, I agree. Totally, 100%. Well said, though. You know, it's, uh... <laughs> it's I mean, you, you hit all the bases there. You know, I mean, I, 
I, I'm not going to re- repeat or, you know, for the sake of sure. time, I'm not going to repeat everything that everyone's said. But I, I do. I agree with your guys' point. They're very valid. And, you know, it's it's for those that the, the ones that are on the fence, you know, you know, look at your churches. What are they doing to help out people? You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's one thing to probably dissuade you. I mean, if, if I, if I was, uh, you know, not into this whole podcast and everything and I, and I saw what was going on and then I just saw nothing from mega churches that would just deepen my belief that all, you know, all organized religion is terrible and all, all everything to do with Christ is bad. Well, yeah, instead you get that, you know, Sphinx, I've I've mentioned this before, Sphinx from Mystery Men, a cryptic tweet from Kenneth Copeland, you know, that you read two minutes ago, you know, serve your master or your master will be served. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man. Are you serious? This dude just died on Monday, like Memorial Day, you know, like everybody's on a holiday. Everybody's observing, you know, fallen war heroes uh, you know and and observing the holiday and then you've got this guy who supposedly forged a check and you know like i guess we'll never know because you know judge jury and executioner mr chauvin comes over and puts his knee on this dude's neck why like it it makes me ask you know like it 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 sparks thousands of questions within my soul like how how i was raised you know like uh my belief system like am i have i bought into have i bought into the systemic racism am am i uh an ignorant piece of shit you know like it really makes me question you know like my my personal um outcome yeah my personal bias like do i look do I look at my fellow man who happens to be black uh, walking down the street and give him a backward glance, uh, making sure that he doesn't that that I don't get jumped? Like, do I act like that? No, you know, I don't. I don't. I, I want to throw that out there and <laughs> and you know answer my own rhetorical question. But but that's what I'm saying. Like when when Josh was talking about that earlier and saying uh, ashamed, um, you know. <laughs> It, it is, it, to a certain extent, you know, seeing that this white man in authority doing this to a black man that is not resisting uh, makes that, when I saw that, it made me feel ashamed. You know, and, and we come from a, we come from a, a particular advantage. Uh, you know, Terry has been a Native American in white America. Ben and I have been white in black America. And, um, you know, so there, there could be a bias there, but it's not the kind of bias that you're thinking of. Um, you know, I, I see the, like, I see a guy like Chauvin, that officer that killed Mr. Floyd. And I see him and I, and all I see is a white guy living in white America who dabbles in uh, on the street, trying to enforce some sort of justice that he sees, uh, needs to be enforced. He sees a black guy and he sees gangbanger. Uh, he sees, you know, uh, a big black guy, and he thinks immediate threat. Whereas someone like Ben and I, who've been who've been white in Black America, we see a guy like that, and we're like, oh man, that's Floyd. He's cool as shit. You know, it's it's one of those situations where it, it goes back to that cop doesn't understand the community that he's serving. I don't care if he's been a cop for fifty years. 
yeah. you don't understand the community you're serving, don't serve. Well, that's apparent, though, with his previous infractions. Yo, no, abs- dude, absolutely. And I was just going to bring that up. I mean, this isn't the first time this man's killed someone of color. Yep. This isn't the first time he's had complaints. But he still has a job. And that's the systemic white supremacy or systemic racism uh, that you're referring to, right. I assume. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and, and the and fact that he still has a job after he's already killed, after he's already killed another, like a separate person, a completely separate issue years back uh, uh, of color. Yeah, and then you see those those idiots online because of these riots, which again I disagree with the riots, but then it just reinforces why they're there because you got these idiots who are like, oh, that white girl that got killed by the black cop. It's like, dude. Th- 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 yeah, come on. Stop well, uh, it. One doesn't defend the other. One doesn't justify the other. No, they're both tragic. I mean, how many black dudes have been killed by this guy? When are we gonna? That's what I'm saying. And when are we gonna learn? When are we gonna wake up? Like this is stupid. Yeah. It's no. 2020, man. We got enough shit to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. So again, if you're if you're listening and you're one of those people who have a church, I'm not asking you to to fly down to Minneapolis. What I'm saying is go to your local church and say, "How are we going to fight injustice in our community?" Okay? We don't need a riot to happen, you know, at your community. And if it already is, it's time to get to your church. Yeah. And it's time to say, "Hey, you know, we have resources here. Uh, right now, let's not worry about the homeless. Let's not worry about, uh, well, I shouldn't even say homeless, but you know, let's not worry about your new Lincoln. Let's not worry about the new uh, projector or the new sound system. Um, why don't we use our funds to you know, go up to City Hall or, or wherever your policy is made? I just say that because it's fun to say. But why don't you go up there and say, uh, let's, let's make some real change here. Let, let's incite some real change because we got brothers and sisters in Christ and whatever, black, brown, it doesn't matter, Asian, I don't care who you are. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, then that I shouldn't even have to say that. But if you're, I mean, if you see this happening, as brothers and sisters in Christ, go be Christ in the and and go and go confront, you know, the people who don't want you to sit next to that Samaritan woman at the well. You know, break those racial barriers that Christ all has already done and continues to do, and let it work through you. Because right now. It's not happening, America. It's not happening. And it took me a while to, to even admit or understand that as well. But after seeing what I saw, it was so blatant. And then I saw the dude's uh, track record, and I'm like, okay, yep, it's a problem. It, it's- yeah. But somehow he still had a job and was still in a position of authority to put his knee on somebody's neck. Un- uh, it's just, it's unbelievable. And I can't, and there's no excuse. There, there's no there's no don't don't even try to make this political at this point it's, it has nothing to do with politics it has nothing to do if you feel uh if you feel that you have to resort to justify or to defend even yourself or your whiteness because of this you're missing the point okay yeah. i i don't feel guilty uh for what happened do i feel ashamed absolutely yep. absolutely do i feel ashamed i feel ashamed as a citizen of this country I feel ashamed as a white guy and a citizen in this country that this man continues to do what he does, and he's not even in my community. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want a, um, a black man or a black family to make a generalization about me because of because of something like this, you know. And and it's like, well, you know, if you turn the tables and you wait for a second, you know, they could easily say, "Welcome to my world," because how how many. How many people, how many white people automatically make a prejudged or predetermined notion or prejudice uh, of an individual because of the color of their skin? And it's bullshit, man. That is not what Christ called us to be. 
That is not who Christ, Christ did not call us to be uh, like-minded with, with individuals of like skin. He did not call us to be, to, to, to love only our neighbor who happens to be the same ethnicity. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and that's the thing. So like lay your, lay your prejudice down, lay your bias down, get to know somebody. Like get to know somebody. Yeah. Everybody's got a neighbor. And, and don't use that as a don't use that as leverage. Well, you know, I'm not racist because I have black friends. That's bullshit. <laughs> that that doesn't that never that never serves as a proper justification or defense against your racism. Yeah. And you know, I just I was on my phone and I just saw that um, more and more cities are are going up in flames, and uh, it's just going to get worse, man. Uh, Unless, you know, and, and again, as I said, I don't agree with writing, but it's the only way this is going to stop is if all of us, including white people, um, but most importantly, most importantly, followers of Christ, we start setting that example, dude. We should have been setting that example. I mean, remember, we talked about this, what, in podcast two or three, where, um, where uh, you know, the church used the Bible to, to justify slavery. You know, that was, that was, yeah, that was the last podcast, yes. was, uh, podcast three. Yeah. So, you know what, if we want, if we want to uh, start a renaissance in our own faith, uh, be that person, be that change, go down there, help people go down there, you know, live according to the rules and the, and the, and the uh, examples of Christ and actually do something. Uh, nobody needs your, nobody needs to see you post thoughts and prayers. Okay, just like nobody needs to see you record you, your, yourself giving you know food and money to the homeless, go down there and be it. Because right now I'm looking at the uh, the major uh, stewards of the Christian religion, and all I'm seeing is thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, somebody <laughs> somebody just posted on Facebook. Um, uh, there's a meme and it's uh, Christ overturning tables in the temple, you know, where they're uh, casting lots and, and gambling. Uh, and the caption is, uh, in quotes, destruction of property is not a valid form of pro protest, but it shows Christ, you know, obviously uh, destroying these tables in the temple. So the thing is, I mean, I know that, that the looting and, and the rioting, you know, I know where Josh stands on it. Uh, what I would say, um, and I'm sure Josh would agree with me on this, uh, is that, yeah, so the looting and the rioting is, is dis destructive, uh, but I understand why. No, absolutely. It's, it's, it's not a matter of, uh, you know, and I know you know this, but it's not a matter of, uh, of people like me who don't understand it. Right, um, and that's what I meant. I, right, I was right. like, I, I know that you're going to agree with me on this just because, you know, like, I, it makes sense. Go oh. ahead, sorry. No, 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 I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, it's the, that I completely uh, understand it. Uh, the, you know, and what I'm saying is, is you know, when uh, Jesus did that, and that represents that, you know, when they say, what would Jesus do? And it's like, well, flipping tables, getting pissed off isn't outside the, the scope of things that could possibly happen. Um I'm just saying when you're when you do those things, uh, remember that a lot of those businesses that you just burned are black owned. They're minority owned. And, you know, what is your community going to look like afterwards? How is that going to be rebuilt? And, and, and I think that's where my challenge really is with the church, uh, with the faith. Um, 
when the dust settles and the point's been made and change is starting to happen, that's when you have your opportunity to do the most good. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, I mean, uh, things would have been uh, helped and looting and rioting would have been less less um, prevalent uh, if the city of Minneapolis would have done their job. Um, like, like, so, right away. Oh, oh, well, they're terminated. We'll go ahead and fire them. You saw the video evidence. You, you know exactly what happened. You have full context. You have video from the store. You have video from bystanders. You, 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 have, you have it right there. And no pun intended, and, and I'm not making a joke here, you have it black and white in front of you. Like 100%. You know, and, and you still just say, well, okay, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and fire these guys. No, they need, to be, they need to be indicted. They need to be brought up on charges right now. Right now. There's no, there's no other way out of this. I'm sorry for their families, but not really because their families will have to get by with the fact that, that their uh, uh, husband or brother uh, did this and uh, w it was a hate crime. Like, there's no other way around it. It was a hate crime and it was guised under the picture of authority because it's, it's a guy in a uniform, law enforcement uniform, that's had several several opportunities to rectify his childish, racist, bullshit behavior. I, I want to make something clear, though. I'm, I'm not a cop hater. I, I, and again, I, I said this before earlier in the podcast. Uh, I know personally individuals that have worked in law enforcement and continue to work in law enforcement. I have nothing but the utmost respect for these individuals. Number one, because I know that their duty is to protect and serve, and that's their number one goal in, in, uh, in their profession and in their daily life. That's, that's what they want to their very core. That's what they want is to protect and serve. Not this guy, though. Not this guy. This guy, I, I absolutely cannot stand. And I don't hate him as a cop. I absolutely, I absolutely loathe this individual as a person. I cannot believe he did this. Yeah. I mean, you, you talk about the, the blue wall of silence, you know, the, the, which is a real thing. I, I completely understand the blue wall of silence. If you got a tweaker coming at you with a hepatitis C infected needle trying to stab you and you twist his arm a little too hard, that's one thing. But if you see a, if you see a cop who, who hates people just based on the color of their skin, not on the merit of their character or the severity of crime in which they've committed, it's like, I mean, let's just remove the fact that uh, George Lloyd was black. What if a white dude was, uh, you know, or even a, like a, you know, a law or a statistics show that Asians also have a more likely chance to survive a cop encounter. Uh, uh, they get caught forging a check. I doubt they even would, uh, would get uh, arrested. And here's this guy getting arrested. And it's like, you know, those cops just standing around, like, you know, Terry had said earlier, it's like, man, dude, you, you guys have, you guys have a, have a duty. That was just not upheld. It, it was a complete failure all the way around. And then it makes you, again, like, and I don't mean to sound redundant, but that's where the, the conversation of, well, why did it happen in this case? You know? Yeah, there's white people that get killed by cops. But when you look at the percentage of black America versus white America, the, the ratios just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's, 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 it's absolutely uh, tragic. But my, my support of law enforcement has never went away or, or has never dwindled because of this. My support of racist cops, well, yeah. 
not just racist cops, sexist cops, uh, cops that are ableists, cops that, you know, uh, you know, lose their shit on a guy who's mentally ill, who knows they're mentally ill. You know, it, it just it, it's all around hatred. And again, it, it, and I could even go a step further and say it's not just cops. It could be doctors. It could be lawyers. It could be judges. It could be, uh, you know, your local garbage man who says, oh, it's a black dude. So I'm not going to pick up his garbage. I mean, this yep. shit happens everywhere. Yep. Anybody in a position of control that uh, chooses to uh, exact that bias uh, whenever they feel it or whenever they choose it based on that. The, you know, the color of the, an individual skin. Uh, the, the, the cop thing, I mean, um, it's a small percentage. But when it's filmed, you know, when, it, when it's out there for everyone to see, you know, again, it makes, it puts, it puts law enforcement in a bad light. Yeah, and these guys putting down, you know, or like that federal protection uh, 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 cop that was killed. What was it in D.C. or somewhere? He, there was just a guy who was killed. He could have been a stand-up guy. But he is he's he has, uh, you know, reaped the consequences of, of one cop's actions or I should say several cops act actions across America that have just percolated into this situation now. You know, uh, the reason why we're focusing on law enforcement is because they have the ability to end your life. Uh, you know, a garbage man can't do that. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> but but I mean, but, you know, but that's it, it all comes down to that. And, and it, it, uh, it's discrimination. And that discrimination is based on racism. I yeah, I can sit here and say, um, you know, I can have uh, a, like a preconceived notion of a race. What's that word I'm looking for? Um, stereotype. St yeah, I can stereotype someone. That doesn't mean I'm racist. But when I when I believe that their life is less valuable or you know less worthy of constitutional protections, that's when it becomes racism. I mean, Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock. Uh, and even Bill Burr have made and or and that other dude made a uh, made a career out of uh, playing on stereotypes. They're funny and they're they, they're true. They exist. Look at them. Yeah, I mean we could we can we can laugh about those things, <laughs> but when those stereotypes become lethal, then we're talking about racism. And and yeah. and and our podcast when we address not just you know corrupt churches and things like that. I mean we're going to talk about the faith as well, but. You know, it's our duty. It's our job it, uh, when we started this podcast to call this shit out. And I'm going to take it right back to where I, where I started with the conversation is we all know that this happened. We all know racism exists. We all know that this is bad now. The systemic racism is real. So church, what are you going to do about it, man? I mean, that's I'm looking at you now. You have the power. You have the resources. You're the strongest nonprofit agency in the entire universe. And you have the ability to make and incite real change. And uh, the ball's in your court, guys. Yep. And, uh, it's up to you. What yeah. are you going to do about it? Yeah. So, so that being said, do you have something you need to say, Tim? Were you, were you going to say something? Their life is in your hands, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Her life was in your hands. Don't say that, man. Her life was in your hands, dude. Man. Uh, and I, we don't mean to make light of things. We still like to laugh about it, but, uh, I just, you know, Ben, myself, Terry, we all agreed that after seeing what's going on, we don't believe that this podcast is going to change anything, but we're hoping that the people who are listening, who do, uh, believe in, in Christ and do go to a church, we're hoping that maybe you guys can, um, find it in yourselves to go and make real change. And, uh, and if you don't become more and more vocal until you have to be the one, uh, to, you know, stand up for your entire church. Absolutely. And we want to hear your thoughts, too. Uh, like, obviously, this is this is uh, um, this is going to make anyone if if anyone's seen the video that's going to make anyone feel 
uh, emotions. You're going to have emotions when you see this video if you haven't seen it already. And we're, we're I'm not, you know, we're not going to post it on on the the grit, you know, Facebook page or or Instagram or anything like that. You can find it. Uh, if you so choose to see it. Um, but curious to know what your opinions are, what your thoughts are, um, not just thoughts and prayers, but um, but curious to know uh, what your reaction is to it and, and how it makes you feel as well. Uh, now, obviously, as, as we mentioned before, the, the podcast really started. Um, this is a, a special, you know, we had to break away uh, from what we were talking about to address this. Um, because it's it's going on right now. Like, this is happening. Looting and rioting is happening right now. We're recording this podcast on May 30th, um, uh, 2020, and uh, all of this stuff, I mean, there are precincts burning and targets destroyed, you know, in Minneapolis, uh, uh, along with a whole slew of small businesses. Um, and so we had to break away from what we were normally going to talk about to talk about this, to address it. And we definitely want to hear, you know, opinions, views, uh, what your thoughts are. Um, and going forward, uh, uh, things, suggestions that, that maybe you have that, you know, that big churches, mega churches that have tons of money can do what, what they can do so that they're not just throwing their money at a problem and saying, well, I fixed it. You know, Joel Osteen, you know, what what can you do specifically that's going to help this situation, that's going to bridge the gap? So, like, uh, you know, uh, going forward, you know, we'll, we'll get back on track, um, but we want to know what your thoughts are. Joel, Joel uh, Osteen, Kenneth Copeland, now is a really good time to change uh, our perspective of who you are and change what the perspective is of Christianity in and of itself. I mean, you guys have single-handedly ruined the message of Christ. Now's a really good time to uh, follow his commandments and actually make the real change so that yeah, people can get back. Right, so that people can get back on on uh, believing in, in Christ and be the, yeah, be the true stewards of who Christ is. Because the Christ I know and the Christ that I believe and the Christ that I follow, the Christ that has redeemed me, is the same Christ that right now, right now celebrated George Floyd's entrance into heaven and is trying to inspire an entire world to do the right thing. You have the resources, you do it. And church leaders in your small communities, people who have heard this message and you feel like you want to do something, this is your chance. Okay. This is your chance. Christ is telling you to get moving. God is using me to use you. <laughs> yeah. Well, He's he was a former Houstonian. I squoze it myself. Oh God! Well, hey guys. Uh, so thank you for being with us here. Uh, next week we'll be back on track. Uh, we're going to finish up our series uh, with our issues with modern religion, uh, and then we're going to kind of discuss what the next series is going to be. Uh, what you guys can, uh, um, uh, you know, basically. Uh, be prepared to hear what we have to say on several different things. And um, we thank you for listening. Please find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Grit, Raw, and Polished Christianity. Uh, and again, subscribe, like, follow, whatever the hell is at the bottom that lets us know that you uh, give a shit about what we're saying. So, from Josh, Ben, and Terry. Yes. You are listening to Grit. Grit.